It's Thursday. This is the Sean Spicer Show. We like to call it Friday Eve around here. We are on a glide path to the weekend. It's also one week from Thanksgiving. So we're getting ready for the holidays. Maybe the, the weekend we start planning out what we're eating. I don't know. There's a lot of activities that go along with getting ready for Thanksgiving, but we've got a great show in store for you today. Congressman Mike Lawler of New York is going to join us. He just got back from Israel. Obviously, a lot happening on the House floor uh, in the last couple of days in terms of funding the government, funding Israel, what's happening. He's going to break it all down for us. And then a really interesting panel discussion today with an all-star panel. Chad Prather is here with us. Ashley Hayek from the America First Policy Institute, and uh, Joe Pags, our friend, is going to join us as well to break down everything that happened with Joe Biden's visit in China, uh, the funding for Israel, what's going on with these pro-Hamas groups. There's so much to break down uh, with him and with the panel that I'm excited to kick it all off. So let's get into it. It is Thursday. This is the Sean Spicer Show. We have a lot to get to today. I want to kick off today's show with a conversation of, with Mike Lawler uh, of New York. He's a congressman that traveled to Israel with a group the other day. They got back. They sat down with Netanyahu. They watched a video of all the intelligence that occurred uh, when this whole thing kicked off on October 7th. He's going to break down what he saw, what he learned, and the reaction of some of his colleagues, plus the funding fights, what's happening there. Without further ado, Congressman Mike Lawler. Congressman Lawler, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Sean. So you just got back from Israel. It, it, at least from following it on social media, it seemed like a profoundly moving trip for you. Tell me why you went and what you got out of it. Well, as a member of the Foreign Affairs uh, Committee uh, and you know, certainly a member of Congress, it's important to show our solidarity and support uh, with the state of Israel. Uh, my district, the 17th district of New York, uh, I have one of the largest Jewish communities in the country. Uh, and so, you know, I certainly felt it was imperative to be there. Uh, we met with Prime Minister Netanyahu, with Defense Minister Gallant, uh, U.S. Ambassador Jack Lew, uh, as well as families of the hostages. And so, you know, going through that and, and, uh, uh, having our discussions both with the Israeli government as well as the families, uh, it, it was imperative uh, that you know the United States stand firm and resolute. We watched a 21-minute video, uh, raw footage of the terrorist attacks on October 7th, and it's devastating. Uh, it is just brutal. Uh, Hamas terrorists uh, killing innocent women, children, babies. Uh, with glee, with glee, uh, one one. Do you think that do you think that more people should see that video? I saw Penny Nance from Concerned Women from America was at an event the other day at the Israeli embassy here in D.C. She went and witnessed it, and it was you could just tell she was so moved. Do you think that that footage should be released to everybody? I, I think it should be released to the public. I do. Um, you know, obviously. Uh, it's, it's heartbreaking for the victims' families, uh, certainly if, if that's released to the public. And, um, but I honestly think people need to understand what we're dealing with. This is a fight of good versus evil. 
Uh, and, you know, Sean, on our way to Tel Aviv, we had to stop in, in London uh, because we didn't have military uh, plane. We had to fly commercial and uh, the State Department wouldn't allow us to stay overnight in Israel. So we, we stayed in London and we went and toured uh, Churchill's war room uh, while we were there. And, you know, I thought about the lead up to World War II uh, and the Holocaust. And, you know, it really uh, reminded me, we cannot be Neville Chamberlain in this moment. Uh, we must but, but be Winston Churchill. That, that being said, so many folks on the left, and you saw this protest last night at the Democratic National Committee, which, you know, the media is excusing um, that six officers Six officers were injured. There were members of Congress, Democratic members, including the House Democratic leader, trapped inside for a while. And yet th there's th we're seeing this in city after city, not too far from your district in New York City. People are protesting on the side of a pro-terrorist organization as if there's two sides and a moral equivalency to this. Many of these people protesting, what they don't understand is if they were in Gaza right now, Hamas would kill them. Right. Um, because they don't agree with their political philosophy. They don't agree uh, with, you know, who they are as people. Uh, I, I think what is disturbing here, uh, folks do not understand the reality of the situation. They don't understand the history. Uh, it is th this is a movement based in ignorance uh, and rooted in anti-Semitism. Uh, and, you know, to see last night, um, you know, some of my colleagues uh, trapped inside the Democratic National Committee uh, headquarters, Capitol Police uh, injured. Um, you know, it, it's outrageous. Uh, and there needs to be consequences for this conduct. Right. Everyone one, has one the right. Less. Do you realize one person, six officers injured, one person was arrested? One. I don't get that. Now, th this is the breakdown uh, in our country. We're seeing it in cities across America. There's no uh, accountability anymore for people's actions, for their conduct, uh, especially criminal conduct, violent crimes being committed in cities across America and nothing. And, and you see these protests uh, breaking out. People have the right to free speech. They have the right to protest, the right to assemble. You don't have the right to commit violent acts. Right. Uh, and, and there needs to be accountability for it. Every single person there last night that engaged in, uh, you know, uh, conduct, physical altercation with law enforcement uh, should have been arrested, period. All right, folks, as you know, crisis can strike at any time. The question is, are you going to be prepared medically? Are you going to have the tools necessary? Think about the rush that happened during 2020. Are you going to have the medical necessities that you need to deal with common ailments. I'm talking urinary tract infections, ear infections, strep throat, and more. Having a pack from Contingency Medical will save the day. These will provide you the common antibiotics that treat hundreds of ailments. You'll have them at your fingertips if you go to Contingency Medical. Uh, they even have symptom management medicines from everything from nausea to diarrhea to motion sickness. So if crisis strikes, you will be prepared. I've got some free samples in a Ready Pack Plus that they sent me. You're talking about things that you know, you're getting worn down. They've got stuff for that. They also provide access to board-certified physicians to get um, safe and effective treatments. It's unbelievable. You get all of this shit from a licensed pharmacist. Don't wait. Go to contingencymedical.com slash Spicer, promo code Spicer for $20 off 
your first pack. $20 off any pack that you choose from Contingency Medical. And again, when crisis strikes, you may not have access to this. So planning ahead is a smart thing. As a reminder, Contingency Medical and its products are not intended as a substitute for professional medical treatment or advice. Consult with your healthcare provider. There's so many rabbit holes to go down. I kept thinking of the irony that a bunch of people who wanted to defund the police are now relying on the police, that a bunch of people who have allowed this this to occur, who don't want accountability for people who break the, the who break uh, the law to be held accountable, but also this idea that that they are like there is that where is like I, every time a Republican goes on television, you probably know this as well as anybody. You get asked about every comment that Donald Trump and every other Republican said, and yet Hakeem Jeffries is not asked about that wing of his party. What is he doing to tamp down the violence and the actions of a pro? terrorist organization wing within the Democratic Party. Look, this is why I felt it was so important to censure Rashida Tlaib for her comments, uh, you know, chanting from the river to the sea, which is nothing short of calling for the eradication of Israel. The the anti-Semitism that we are seeing within the Democratic Party, on college campuses, uh, in the media, needs to be cracked down on. It is, it is the underpinning of why you are seeing these violent outbreaks. Uh, it is at the core of why Hamas uh, brutally terrorized it, Israel, murdering innocent women, children, and babies. It is rooted in anti-Semitism. And if you don't crack down on it, if you don't stop it, uh, you will see uh, this escalate. And you're seeing uh, you know, in cities across America, and including last night in Washington, D.C., these protests are turning violent. Uh, and it, and the hatred and the vitriol uh, is is beyond disturbing. There needs to be accountability here. Yeah, getting back to the whole nut of part of the reason you went over, wh- where are we on the funding for Israel and how do you see that shaking out? Well, obviously the House passed uh, a uh, f- supplemental funding bill for Israel, $14.3 billion. Uh, it did have a, a pay for in it. Uh, with the IRS funding. The Senate has not yet taken that up. Uh, they need to act. Uh, Chuck Schumer, if he's not going to take up the version of, of the bill that the House sent over, needs to put forth a version of, of, of uh, a supplemental that we can negotiate on and move forward. Israel needs the funding. Uh, they, are, they are engaged in a, a war of good versus evil, uh, and we cannot delay on this. Yeah. Can I switch gears to this meeting that the president had with China's Xi Jinping last night. Um, I felt like it was pretty pathetic that the definition of success was, will you take my phone call going forward? Will you unfriend me Uh, or stop blocking me? I mean, like that was the, like that was their definition of, of success is please just actually take our phone calls going forward and how far we've fallen in the past two and a half, three years. Well, China is our greatest geopolitical foe. Uh, in the world. Uh, and they have entered into an unholy alliance with Iran and Russia and North Korea. Uh, and the actions that collectively they have taken have sought to undermine and destabilize the United States and our allies around the world. Uh, China is the biggest purchaser of Iranian petroleum. Iran is the biggest state sponsor of terror. They use that, the, the sale of Iranian petroleum to fund terrorist operations by Hamas, by Hezbollah, uh, we need to crack down on this. And the administration needs to be resolute uh, and clear-eyed 
in dealing with Xi Jinping and China. Uh, they are not our ally. They are not our friend. Uh, and what they are doing uh, from you know currency manipulation to intellectual property theft to uh, the manufacturing of fentanyl precursors and shipping them uh, to Mexico uh, and the drug cartels, uh, everything they are doing uh, seeks to undermine the United States. Yeah. And you know this isn't about accepting a phone call. This is about getting China to understand that we will not tolerate it anymore. But but I feel like the leadership is feckless. I mean, it's not. It's easy to say it, but I like the idea of going. I mean, President Trump. I mean, President Biden last night was walking away from the media, and he was asked, "Is he still? Is he President Xi, Chairman Xi, still a dictator?" And he said, "Yes, he is." Immediately, the Chinese put out a statement basically saying that that was irresponsible of the Biden administration to say that. I mean, and, and it's not that she, that she is not a dictator, but if the entire goal was to reset the relationship, he blew it right at the end. I mean, the, he can't even do the simple task of getting us back on 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 talking. No, and, and look, this is the challenge uh, that we're dealing with. We see it uh, every day on, on the stage. Um, you know, the president uh, has had real challenges and difficulty uh, in communicating uh, to the public about issues like uh, the war in Ukraine, uh, even on on the issue of Israel, where I think he's been uh, pretty strong. You know, he's made mistakes saying, uh, you know, calls for a ceasefire, and and you you have to you have to be clear eyed and resolute here in dealing with uh, this unholy alliance of China, Russia, and Iran, and. Uh, you know, the president, uh, unfortunately, I just don't think is is capable uh, of doing that at this moment. And and it's it's a challenge uh, from a foreign policy standpoint. We're seeing the world burn before our eyes. This is reminiscent of the lead up to World War II. Uh, and we, as I said before, we need to be Winston Churchill in this moment, not yeah. Neville Chamberlain. I got one last political question before uh, I let you go. The House has a three seat majority. Uh, that puts Republicans in charge. There is a effort within the New York courts to redraw the maps, which would potentially realign six seats back towards the Democrats. And that would look at people like you, Claudia Tenney, Nicole Malitakis, et cetera, et cetera. How concerned are you about what's happening in the courts to do this one-off redistricting effort that would try to put the Democrats back in power? Well, as everyone knows, last year, the Democrats tried to gerrymander the maps in New York. Uh, we brought a lawsuit and won. The courts appointed a special master to create a fair set of maps, uh, by no means a Republican map. My district, Joe Biden, won by 10 points, uh, yet I won because we ran a better campaign and had a better message. Uh, so Democrats uh, can't compete on a fair set of maps, so they're trying once again to gerrymander them. They've filed lawsuit. Uh, the Court of Appeals heard the case yesterday, uh, and you know we're expecting a ruling in the next uh, you know few weeks. My hope is that the court understands the Constitution is very clear. Uh, the state constitution: there cannot be mid-decade redistricting. You cannot uh, disfavor or favor one political party over the other. Uh, and frankly, the Democrats missed the statute of limitations to bring this suit. If the court abides by the Constitution and the law the maps will stay uh, as they are, and we will be in a position to keep the House Republican majority. Uh, if the court uh, you know, does some political theater and comes up with some rationale, 
uh, to order a new set of maps, it's going to be a, a long slog. Uh, and we're going to see, you know, what what the maps are. But the Democrats you- and Hakeem Jeffries are doing everything they can to gerrymander uh, and rig uh, the elections in New York. Would you guys have the ability to appeal that to the New York Supreme Court? Is that how it works or would that be the final set? There- the Court of Appeals is the highest court in New York. Okay. Uh, the Supreme Court is the lower court. So this is in the in the uh, highest court right now. Uh, obviously, you know, we would look at whatever options are available, including federal court uh, after uh, a, a potential ruling. But I hope uh, and and want to want to have faith that our court system will abide by the state constitution, which is very clear. Uh, And by the way, if they wanted to order a new set of maps, they would have done so in the 2022 ruling. They would have said this only applies to 22 and we'll have a new set of maps in 24. They didn't do that. This applied for the 10 year period. uh, And so the court should uphold its prior ruling. Okay, Congressman Mike Lawler, thanks for being with us. Glad you're home safe. And if I don't see you again, have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, Sean. All right, guys, most of us know what it's like to be without power, sometimes for an hour, maybe a day couple days after a natural disaster, a hurricane, a windstorm, you know, whatever. But now national security experts are warning that our power grid is more vulnerable than ever. And they've identified nine key substations, which if attacked, they're saying we could lose power for months, months. That's why having your own solar power is more important than ever. So I recommend the Patriot Power Generator, which is a solar generator that you don't have to install in your house. It's portable. You can take it with you. You can use it inside your house. And it's powerful enough that if power goes out, we're talking your phones, your tablets, your computers, medical devices, even your refrigerator gets power. So if you go to fourpatriots.com and use code SPICER, you get 10% off your first purchase. It's fourpatriots.com, includes that Patriot power generator. You'll get a uh, that guarantee for a year, free shipping if it's over 97 bucks, and a portion of every sale is donated to charities that support veterans, right? That's great. So go to fourpatriots.com, use code SPICER, fourpatriots.com. You do not want to be without power in case something happens. All right, lots of interesting insight in there. I think Mike Lawler's absolutely right. If we don't start cracking down on these folks, they're going to keep doing what they're doing. There's no consequences. There's one arrest, one single arrest for this last for what happened last night. Six officers injured. I'm sure all these Democrats that have been complaining about January 6th, it's amazing their silence. Is it? It's amazing that the media hasn't been asking any of them any questions, has it? Violence over and over again, destruction, vandalism. It's okay because it's the left that's doing it. That's what's going on in this country. And he's right. There are no consequences. But I want to continue that discussion with our all-star panel today. Joe Pags, Ashley Hayek of the America First Policy Institute, and Chad Prather. Let's bring them in and continue the conversation. All right, guys, I'm excited for this discussion. I'm excited to bring in Joe Pags up there. Ashley Hayek, how are you from America First Policy Mm -hmm. Institute? And Joe uh, and and Chad Prather, I'm sorry, from The Blaze. Good to see you all. Um, let me kind of kick this all off with what happened at the DNC last night. I'm sure you've seen it. Let me just play a clip. All right, Joe, I'm going to start with you. What I don't even know where to start with this. It's like one these people who want to defend the police or defund the police suddenly look like they love the police. Two, one person was arrested after six officers were injured in that. 
Three, the media called it a clash with protesters. That doesn't look like a clash with protesters. And four, where are these guys getting caught? Why aren't they being called out? This is every Republican, every person that ever thought about voting Republican, when they go on air, gets asked about every comment that Donald Trump has ever said. Right. And yet no one is being asked on the Dem side to denounce this kind of behavior from their party, Joe. It, it was a violent insurrection, Sean. We all saw it unfolding. They should all be in prison and should, they should be waiting trial with no due process whatsoever. Obviously, it's, it shows, again, the two-tiered justice system. It shows that the left can get away with way more than the right can ever get away with. It shows a bunch of punks that don't understand the history of Israel, don't understand the history of that entire region. And, and it shows a weakness in the Democrat side. Listen, when you call people militants and not terrorists, you're already off on the wrong foot. You've got a bunch of idiots. I watched a lot of this video and I watched a lot of what they were saying into the camera. They just don't know anything about anything, but it's time to get riled up and yell and scream about a ceasefire and peace. And and as they're saying that, they're trying to break through the doors of the DNC. It, it's kind of funny to sit back and watch it because it's the left eating its own. And, and, and you think to yourself, wow, they wanted this. They wanted these young people, this new generation, to feel to feel like this, to act like this, and now it's coming back to bite them. It's almost like that snake story that Trump always tells about, listen, yeah. I was a snake. You should have known I was a snake the entire time. <laughs> this is their own side coming back to roost, trying to get them out of office because they won't do exactly what they want. And you're right. Every single person on CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, anybody who's a leftist, anybody who's a Democrat, anybody who's serving should be questioned about this action last night and they won't be and they, they won't be asked to refute it people are still telling trump he's got to talk about charlottesville for god's sakes and the democrats will get away unscathed out of this yeah chad what do you i mean g give me your takeaway uh you know they created this the left did the left wanted it they asked for it they want this type of um you know interaction happening in the street it's mostly peaceful right isn't that their description yeah. they've excused it for so long and so here you're going to get as joe said the the left is eating their own look this is a house of cards it's built on fallacy it's a faulty uh foundation to begin with it's not logical that doesn't matter feelings are everything and this is blm 2.0 at this point they're going to continue to rile this up it's going to get worse i, I you know the last report you know I, I haven't confirmed it this morning but there were like six police officers capital police yeah. officers that were injured things were on fire man it, the, the video i saw was worse than anything i saw from clips of january 6th so it's only going to get worse from here actually i i just I, I feel like you got you know this i mean you you've worked on with the trump campaign before every single republican gets asked every time that trump says anything to denounce it to explain it to talk about whether they would do it or not and yet here we are with a bunch of democrats watching this happen in fact the progressive wing of the democratic party all the members of the squad have gone in to meet with hakeem jeffries their leader and said you need to defend us from primary challenges. And I'm thinking to myself, I'd be like, bye-bye. Right. This is the party of peace and tolerance, right? Like this is the accepting party that welcomes all people. False, fake news. We see what's happening right now, at, you know, as Chad mentioned with they're eating their own. Um, but also I want to go back and just for a second, remember when those uh, paragliders came in, they, they went after a group of young people, so what I don't understand is how most of those protesters are young people and you saw how they were massacred, 
raped, uh, kidnapped, held hostage. Like, how do you have no empathy in your heart for what happens? How do you not see with your own eyes? Like you see this unfolding and I'll tell you how it's because it's being entirely funded by Democrat activists. The same couple that funded Code Pink are the ones that are funding these, these protests and rallies across the country. So this is not organic. This is being fueled by the left because they want to create a conflict and they want to create hostility. Um, and I feel like I'm living in 2020 deja vu all over again. You know, Joe, in my conversation with Mike Lawler a minute ago, the congressman from New York, he said that the problem is there's no accountability. And I feel like that's exactly the point is that you can go out, destroy a building, vandalize property, tip over a monument, whatever you want. And again, here we are, six officers, as Chad said, are hurt. They were pepper sprayed, punched, et cetera. And there's no consequence. One person, one person is arrested. I don't get this anymore. What kind of a country, if you can punch a cop, if you can pepper spray them and you don't face a consequence, what message does this send? Well, you're on the right narrative side of, of what's going on. As Ashley said, let's go back to 2020. 26 people, innocent people dead because of these mostly peaceful protests. You had very few arrests, if any. And if they were arrested, they were let out. If they weren't let out, Kamala Harris raised money to get them out. You know, you've got a side of the aisle right now that is against what we stand for, our value system and the rule of law. And they can get away with just about anything. To this day, there are people watching this show right now who think George Floyd was an innocent good guy. At, at the end of the day, you've got people who control the narrative. They control academia, Hollywood, sports, music, everything. Uh, Holly, uh, anything that is a narrative or a message, we have been beaten. They have beaten us badly. Yeah. Now, we're, the four of us are doing the best we can to, to, to change that. But when you've got people still rotting after January 6th, which was nothing, as, as Chad said, compared to, to what happened last night, and you've got one person who was arrested, did that one person beat up six cops? Is that what happened? I don't get it. And it's never going to change unless we keep raising our voices and let the new generation know you're on the wrong side of things here. Are you wasting money on testosterone booster products that don't work? I, I don't blame you uh, if you're getting tired of that. But our sponsor here, Nugenics Total T, can give you some hope because they are now willing to give you a complimentary sample when you text 231231 and enter the keyword Spicer. That's easy. You're watching the show. You know what I'm talking about. Just go to 231231Spicer. Um, Nugenics Total Tea has a formula of testophen. It will help you turn back the clock and re-energize your whole life. You'll see increased energy, etc. You've got nothing to lose, but a lot to gain. If you don't like it, you just keep the bottle, do what you want with it. If you want to keep going, you can, but you get that complimentary bottle at 231-231 and then enter the keyword Spicer by doing that. It's the number one doctor-recommended brand of testosterone-boosting brand at both GNC and Walmart. But if you go there, you got to pay for it. You can text 231-231-SPICER and get a complimentary sample for free. If you don't like it, they'll refund everything. Um, so again, the cool part about this is right now, if you do this, you actually get a complimentary additional bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, which is their newest and most powerful fat burning incinerating product ever. You have nothing to lose. Text 231-231, enter keyword Spicer, check out Nugenics Total Tea. You will not be disappointed. 
Texting enrolls you in automated text messaging. Consent not required to purchase. Messaging data rates may apply. Number one doctor-recommended brand by primary care physicians based on an independent survey conducted by IQVIA 2022. Before we go on, I want to segue into the next topic, and this is a perfect way of doing this. Let me just show you what a, a, a video that is trending on TikTok. Now, here's the, the, the setup for this. There is a letter that bin Laden sent after the attacks of 9-11 a letter to America. It has now gone viral on TikTok where these young people are responding to it. a letter in which bin Laden explains why he's coming after us, right? Why they conducted 9-11, et cetera. Let me just play a little of that video. So I just read a letter to America and I will never look at life the same. I will never look at this country the same. I will never, I, please. Read it, and if you have read it, let me know if you are also going through an existential crisis in this very moment, because in the last 20 minutes, my entire viewpoint on the entire life I have believed and I have lived has changed. Please read that entire letter. I need everyone to stop what they're doing right now and go read. It's literally two pages. Go read A Letter to America and please come back here and just let me know what you think because I feel like I'm going through like an existential crisis right now and a lot of people are. So I just need someone else to be feeling this too. I need you to stop what you're doing and go read A Letter to America. It is literally the craziest thing I've read in a while. And while I can't say that I'm that surprised, I am pretty shocked. So go read it and tell me what you think because I really also need to talk to other people about this. And actually, before you even read the letter, I did want to mention in reading the letter, I could only think of this tweet that I saw the other day. Under settler colonialism, any kind of resistance is branded as terrorist because the only acceptable violence is violence by the occupier. All right, Chad, here's what, this is why I thought it was a perfect segue. This is what people are hearing and listening to. The reaction to some of them is saying, one of the headlines says that America's youth uh, is you know supporting, is, is sympathetic to bin Laden. Now, you're sympathetic to bin Laden? I mean, these two instances aren't that far. They keep talking about this was Israel's 9-11. We had 9-11 where we were attacked, 4,000 people died, and yet we're now releasing the letter that bin Laden sent, and you, young people in America are like, you know, he's got a point. What, what is going on where you can now, aside with a Hamas terrorist group, it's okay, you attack a cop, it's okay, and now we've got videos circulating where people are saying, yeah, Osama bin Laden actually was on to something. You know, we're, we're at a point, Sean, where we're starting to see the fruit that's coming to bear from generations of PSYOP and brainwashing operations on the part of our education system, for one. Uh, our institutions in many ways have fallen, not the least of which those that shape the next generation. So we've put our kids in these indoctrination camps called public education. You know, in 1918, when the Bolsheviks took over in Russia, they took kids out of the homes, away from the parents, put them in special schools to raise them as communists. Uh, and we see the result of what happened there. Uh, then we send them off to these institutions of higher learning where some pinhead who's never tested his wild-eyed theories in academia out in the real world, he's pushing papers in an academic bubble and, and preaching to our kids. And they walk out of there completely brainwashed with this idea of hating America and, and everybody is, is good except for us and we're some global colonizer and we need to be brought down and our exceptionalism is somehow evil. So we're starting to see that come to bear at this point. You know, Ashley, you guys at America First Policy Institute do a lot with national security. 
I, I, I got to be honest with you, this is like so disheartening to me because I feel like sometimes we're trying to advance the ball and be like, okay, how do we protect America? How do we right. close the southern border? How do we do this? And that's kind of looking forward. I see something like this and go, oh my God, like we are in such, like we've got to repair before we move forward. We've got to go back and educate. And 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 I, I mean, to, to Joe's point, I feel like I always joke the fact that we lost these institutions, late night television, Hollywood, academia, big tech, government, et cetera. We, we not only have we lost them, this is the fruit. This is it. This yeah. is what it bore. Well, let me take off my policy hat and put on my America First Works advocacy hat, my more political hat on for a second. Um, here's the bottom line. I'm also a mom of five kids, okay? And what we're seeing with the use of social media, specifically TikTok, that is a China propaganda machine. Now, should we ban TikTok? Absolutely. But why are we not on it? Why are we ignoring 60 million people where 60% of the users are under the age of 24? And why are we not pushing our messaging there? See, that's a huge, huge loss of opportunity for us as conservatives to start and put our message out there with the young influencers. Kellyanne Conway always says, do you, you know, am I, are you like me? Do I like you? Um, and that's what we have to do. We have to meet people where they are and start pushing the pro-America policies and the pro-America messaging, or we're going to keep getting our butts kicked. And so this is something I'll never let my kids on TikTok. Don't get me wrong, but there there are kids that are on there, and we need to start pushing back against the narrative. And, and so meet who's people. we in, in your world? In your in your when you say that, Ashley, who is the we that needs to be pushing back? It's Republicans and conservatives. All of those. hundred percent. The candidates. You know, um, we need to start empowering conservative influencers on these platforms. Um, everybody. I mean, look at the number of women who use TikTok, like wives, suburban women, like they're buying into this too. It's not just, you know, young people. And so if we aren't finding the mediums of which people are receiving their information, 86% of people get their information from digital. We've got to get there and we've got to get our message there or we're going to lose. And that's okay, conservative. Quick, I, want to go around the horn. I, I want to go around the horn though on, on Ashley's idea. Joe, do, is it, we ban it for kids, but adults get on there to push? Well, I'm on TikTok, and the reason I'm on there is because some uh, conservative influencers said that there's a big Trump, a big pro-Trump block on TikTok that wasn't being served. I went on there in June. I've gained 172,000 followers in no time at all, and there is a huge conservative movement on there. Do I like that it's uh, based in China? No. I use a secure digital uh, um, uh, device that I only use for TikTok, and it works out because there are people there that are starving for the information that Ashley's talking about that Chad and you and Ashley and I are trying to make sure that people understand so yes we have to be on there as much as we hate it if it gets banned it gets banned that's fine we won't be on there but in the meantime you've got an entire generation of people that are learning about what's going on in the world from one side if we don't join in so i'm on there chad yeah i'm on there I mean, you got to use the weapons of the warfare that are available to you and i think that's one of them i don't like it i agree with the panel uh but i'm on there i can always tell when i'm doing the right thing and putting the right messaging out there because that's when i start getting censored and throttled and yep. you know banned and and so uh, what do i do i just keep on doing it and i think that's what we have to do as long as that platform is sitting there all right i don't know you guys give me something to think about i've been very i i feel like i i at least like joe's idea of having a specific device because I, I do, I've seen enough um, that I worry about what China's doing with this. But I get the mm -hmm. idea. I, I, I'm receptive to the idea that at least until it's totally banned, you go there to, to do that and you keep the kids off of it. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. You guys are very persuasive. Well, 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 Sean, I'll tell you this. Uh, taking the moral high ground is the right way to go, and I did that for a long time. But we're taking the moral high ground and we're forgetting the messaging that is available right. no, to I us. No, I get it. No, I get yeah. it. I, I mean, yeah. I, listen, I... 
I, I get it. It's the, I get that we're, we're seeding the ground and in the interim, then they're using it. And that's why I appreciate what you guys are saying. You're actually making me think. Uh, I do like the security measures you're taking though, because yeah. I feel like there is a national security. You have to. Right. right. I mean, I, it's funny. I, when I sign up for a store rewards card, you know, I'll come up with a different name and a different phone number. I want the, I want the long CVS receipt, but it's not tied to me. I mean, I right. sorry, CVS. It's <laughs> okay. The, F- the FBI is already looking at all our stuff anyway, Sean. It's fine. What? That's true. <laughs> um, all right. Well, like we're on the subject of China. So let me just pivot. I want to show you this beautiful little scene that occurred in a pretty garden yesterday as Xi Jinping took someone for a walk. Chad, here's the thing. I, I said this to Congressman Lawler. That we, Xi Jinping and Biden haven't spoken in something like a year. He hasn't been in the United States in six years. We have literally broken down to the point. Remember, we had to get rid of Donald Trump because we had to reset our foreign relations to be respected around the world. We are at a situation where the president of the United States can't get his calls returned from the president of China. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff has zero communication with his counterpart there. And the stated goal of this meeting with Xi Jinping, aside from the beautiful walk that occurred in the garden, was to reestablish reestablish communication, that they would unfriend him on TikTok maybe, or whatever you do. <laughs> but this, to me, this is the most pathetic. I could not believe that our stated goal and the media bought into it today. They were like, it was successful because they talked and they exchanged phone numbers. Chad, what have we come to when that's the, that is where we're at with our greatest adversary? Uh, Sean, yesterday pissed me off quite a bit. Good. Um, Good. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I had a lot to say about it, as I'm, I'm sure all of you did as well. This is, this is the image. This is a video image of a dictator, a communist dictator walking his dog. Joe Biden and Joe's family and Joe's administration knows that Xi Jinping has all the goods on them. They could destroy Biden. They could destroy everything about Joe Biden in an instant with just the revelation of certain facts. I mean, they, they could come out and say, you know, dish the goods and they would have it. Uh, it's very concerning when you see, you know, people out on the streets of San Francisco. This isn't Beijing out in San Francisco waving communist Chinese flags as the motorcade comes through and and everybody's waving them. They're celebrating, not a p- protester in sight. I mean, forget human rights violations. You got pro-Palestine, pro-Palestine uh, protesters out there. What about the Uyghur slaves? Have we forgotten about those? What about LGBT rights in in? China, uh, where are those protesters? Uh, the list goes on and on. Where's the global warming and the climate change protesters out there? They're not doing it. So the fact that we rolled out, you know, pun intended, a red carpet for Xi Jinping, and then we see him out there with our president on a leash is very, it's humiliating and it's disgusting. Yeah. You know, the thing, Ashley, that I thought was so they, everything about this was scripted down to like, you know, the clovers on, on, each little flower. It was sort of, we got to make sure it looks for every protocol. The Chinese are very into that. So we, every single aspect of this was scripted, right? And then Biden walks off stage after his press conference where he sort of, whatever, did his thing, mumbled a bunch. And off stage, off stage, he gets asked, do you still think he's a dictator? He hasn't exceeded to Trump like he used earlier this year. Well, look, he is. I mean, he's a dictator in the sense that he, he is a guy who runs a country that is a communist country based on a former government totally different than ours. Now, is Xi Jinping a communist dictator? Yes. 
But that's like the whole point was not to piss the guy off. And he says, yeah, he's a dictator. The Chinese immediately put out a statement saying that that was completely irresponsible. It's like you do all this just so that he unfriends you, that he gives you his phone number. And then you go, yeah, he's a dictator. Uh, yeah, that whole thing was a disaster. Actually, there was one positive thing that came from that meeting, and that was the homeless oh, yeah. people were cleared out of San Francisco. That's just about it. Like, <laughs> finally, they did something about the homeless crisis in San Francisco. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting was the fundraiser that took place afterwards yes. um, for Joe Biden. And I thought to myself, like, could you imagine if Donald Trump had a fundraiser with Vladimir Putin? Could you imagine... The response. You realize, Tim Cook paid $40,000 insane to sit at the table with him. Just insane. insane. Yeah. And if, if that were Donald Trump, the, the hypocrisy, the way that the mainstream media would come unhinged after him, not that Donald Trump would ever do something like that, but you know, but that just goes to show you the double standard again with this, with our media, with tech, with, um, with everything. It was unbelievable. Well, Joe, it's funny. She says, Ashley brings up this, what if it was Donald Trump? Well, I was there. I was at Mar-a-Lago when Xi Jinping came, right? I was at a dinner with him. And Donald Trump said, can you excuse me? I need to get up for a second. We left dinner. We went down to a a SCIF, a secure compartmentalized information facility. And we sat there and watched them drop the bombs into Syria. He comes back up and says, sorry, I had to bomb Syria. Would you like some chocolate cake? I'm not kidding. It was like, would you like the... It's, and, and, it's it's like you're reading my mind. I was going to bring up that exact point. I, I forgot that you were there. I, I but please forgive me. I'll never but, forget I was there. <laughs> well, you, well, you've got a, you've got a guy that looked uh, that looked she in the eyes, and he said, "You're not uh, trading fairly. I'm going to tax you through the nose until you uh, play fairly with us." You got a guy who said, "We'll have dessert in a minute. Let me go bomb Syria, drop 56 tomahawk missiles," and and, and now you've got a guy yesterday. And I'm watching, and by the way, I'm for world leaders meeting face-to-face and getting serious. There was nothing serious about yesterday. You have a media that would scream at Trump for two straight hours and he would stand there and take it. You've got a media that yesterday was told, get out, grab your stuff, get out, let's go, come on, that's it, it's over. And they all just scurry out of there. And and to Chad's point, where are the protesters? Where are the people that that are pro-Palestine? Where are the people that are pro-LGBTQ? They were gone. And, and and as the video came out, several big influencers put out the video of the motorcade coming in carrying President Xi, and they were saying, hey, look, it's a nice day in Beijing. Oops, that's San Francisco. Mm-hmm. We kissed this guy's ring until the moment that he went off script and answered the question about being a dictator. And the best part of that exchange was looking at Anthony Blinken sitting there going, no. Yeah, he's saying, like, you blew it. You blew it. Crazy. The whole thing, like you, like you said, he unfriended him at the end of the day. He left him on red when he sent a text. That's yeah. it. The whole thing was for naught. I, I, Chad, I felt like like the, the whole the planners must have been like, you've got to be kidding me. All you had to do was walk two more steps. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, Blinken looked like he was ready to take a hit off of one of Hunter's bongs. <laughs> Anything to get him out of that room. Right. Absolutely I, ridiculous. Actually, I don't mean to, to but I, I, I want to get to one quick subject. that It was interesting. Uh, Chad brings up Hunter and his bong. I'll sh- leave that aside for now. Um, <laughs> Hunter Biden is trying to subpoena Donald Trump because he's saying that he's being prosecuted because of Trump. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, you might still be high, but your dad is president in his justice department that offered you a sweetheart deal that you guys blew up. Donald Trump's not president anymore. 
Don't you know everything is Donald Trump's fault? I know. All the time. Everything is Donald Trump's fault. Um, This family's delusional, right? And I, I mean, tying this all together, Joe Biden is bought and paid for by China. So, and so is his son. And so is his brother. The entire corrupt Biden crime family, they're all bought and paid for. Um, this gun charge that he wants to sue Trump for, you know, I think he's just getting on the bandwagon with all of these woke DAs across the country who are just trying to tie the man up because he's winning and because he wants to put America first and people overwhelmingly want him back in the White House. That's a strong leader. That's it. We, when we, when the country had a strong man, the world was a safer place and we need that strong man back in the White House. Hey, I want to end on one quick thing. I want to play you a quick clip from Chip Roy. He was on the House floor yesterday. Let me play it for everyone. One thing. I want my Republican colleagues to give me one thing, one, that I can go campaign on and say we did. One. Anybody sitting in the complex, if you want to come down to the floor and come explain to me one material, meaningful, significant thing the Republican majority has done besides, well, I guess it's not as bad as the Democrats. Okay, there he is challenging everybody to name one thing that he can go campaign on. I I only have like 20, 30 seconds for each of you. Joe, is this a legitimate complaint from Chip Roy or do Republicans have at least one thing to, to campaign on? Interesting fact, Chip Roy is my uh, actual representative. I live in his district. He's a good guy, and I think he's right. Now, I had Jim Jordan on my show yesterday who said Chip Roy is wrong, and we can say the 87,000 were defunded, that we passed the, the bill to, to secure the border, and we did this about energy. I said, Jim, none of, that, the, none of those things got through because you're not using the leverage that the House has to make Schumer and make Biden do something. So I, if, if, shortly, quickly, Chip Roy's right. I don't think they can run on anything right now. Chad? Chip Roy is a good man, and I agree with him. Uh, the only thing that he could take out there and campaign on is, is they've done a hell of a job uh, fundraising because with all these promises of impeachment and holding people accountable, which they've done none of that, it does good for fundraising. And for the Republicans, that's all they've done. Yeah. Ashley, did, was he right or wrong? I think that you can run on the fact that they are they are boxers with a hand tied behind their back. And unless we have a majority, super majorities in both in both side chambers, then we're not going to get anything done. And so parents rights, they, the House has actually passed good bills, but we've yeah. got to make sure we have a bigger majority and we get the Senate. So people and are motivated by fear. Back in the White House. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, I look forward to it. I appreciate you. If I don't see you before Thanksgiving, have a great one. Thanks, everyone, for being with us today. Thanks, John. Remember to subscribe. Give us a five-star rating on Apple. Subscribe. Hit that notification button on YouTube. We'll see you back here to wrap up the week on The Sean Spicer Show.